son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. NBA Finals, Game 4, not far away in Boston. No doubt a rather rowdy mob gathering. Oh, that'd be rowdy. Boston's home court. They're taking on Golden State Warriors in Game 4. And uh, the man there over there for ESPN, we'll see him here with his regular updates throughout the uh, the coverage. And, jeez, uh, he's got a good gig. Okay. Phil Murphy joins us again from ESPN. Phil, how are you, mate? I'm going well. Yeah, you are right. It is a... Uh... A rowdy crew here in Boston. They they are feeling very confident heading into this game four and treating it with the urgency it deserves. If Boston win today, they're up three to one in this series and all time in NBA finals teams up three one are thirty five and one in ultimately winning that series. Hey uh, Phil, how do the the Bostonites, if that's what they're called, uh, prepare for a game like this? I know in NFL that there's the the big tailgate parties and and baseball. You've got a bit longer to enjoy things. How, how do the, the, the Celtics crew kind of pump themselves up for this? Are the bars around their home court like full or do they have things in the car park? What, what happens yes. in order to get everyone in the mood? <laughs> so nothing in the car park because uh, TD Garden shares a, a parking garage with a train station. But Bostonians, I think that's the demonym, Bostonians, <laughs> they come through and along the street called Causeway, which runs east to west out in front of TD Garden, it is lined with bars and pizza shops and things. And there they have queues out the door from four hours before tip off. So those who are inside are probably getting a little bit more uh, bang for the buck on the beverages uh, prior to coming to the arena. And they, they go and they, they enjoy some, some uh, you know, food and drink there before coming in or many people just post up there and watch the game for the duration. So it, it is an industry in and around Boston. And it's, uh, you know, given its history, it's no surprise. It's one of the best fan bases in the sport. And, this fan base, all things considered, is somewhat starved for an NBA championship. You're here on the court, and there's an intimidating number of banners overhead. The fact that they've had to wait, you know, what, 14 years since they've won one, being this close, this generation feels, okay, maybe this is the start of our dynasty, and uh, they're beginning to witness something special. So it is, it is packed here in TD Garden, obviously, and any place that serves food or drink in, a, in any measure of walkable distance <laughs> from here is uh, also pretty much saturated with people in, in green and white shirts. Phil, you mentioned it's an important game. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, uh, he injured that left foot uh, in game three. Uh, you'd like to think that the, the Boston Celtics are going to make him defend early uh, in this game tonight. That's exactly, I, I think, the approach they're going to take. And You're right in that it is an injury. Steph didn't seem worried about it. He did injure that same foot and missed 12 games late on in the regular season, but he insists this is not nearly as serious, although it's a bit of misfortune for Golden State in that between games three and four is the only break in this entire series in which it's not a full two days off. You know, it's Friday night locally here in Boston. They played 48 hours ago. 
every other break between games is a full 72 hours for players to rest, recover, rehydrate. Uh, Steph was saying he's dunking his foot in an ice bath. So it better be as good as he says, because I reckon Ime Odoka is going to attack Steph early defensively. Steph was terrific through two games defensively in the series, and then Boston was able to find some gaps driving directly at him in game three. I think that's going to be tested early, and I think that is the most critical subplot aside from the Warriors just incendiary third quarter that has just become habitual. Aside from that, it is how does Steph defend those direct drives early? That is going to dictate how Boston moves the ball offensively. Another important player, and we're, uh, we've got ESPN on now in the studio, is uh, Draymond Green. He is the spiritual leader of the Warriors. He needs to bring his physicality, but on the court, he probably just needs to produce a little bit more as well. Yeah, he's been uh, – it's hard to say anything other than a liability, and he used a four-letter word to describe his play that I'll spare your listeners. But I'll give you the stats. Uh, 15 fouls and 15 points through three games. That is, that is not good. He's the first player since 1976 in a final series to have 15 or more fouls and 15 or fewer points through three games. And they are the, the list of guys who predated him are nondescript players, certainly not the caliber of player as is Draymond Green. And there have been times, it's not going to, you know, it wouldn't trip anybody during the regular season if Draymond had a stat line of, you know, four points, 12 rebounds, a couple steals, a couple blocks, and he were doing everything on the defensive end. But whilst being an, an offensive liability, he's also allowing a lot of points per touch from the guys he's guarding. He's allowing a, the highest field goal percentage he's ever allowed in a full series for Steve Kerr. Now, this is not a full series yet. There is some time to play, but if I'm the Celtics, I'm feeling pretty confident with the level of productivity that a number of players have had going against Draymond Green. Superstars in the NBA, when you use that word, you think of LeBron James, you think of Steph Curry, you think of Kevin Durant, because of what they've achieved both uh, individually and what they've given their team and then leading to championships. A guy like Jason Tatum, you watch him and you go, man, he can play. So does his reputation match his ability at the moment? And will this be, will these finals, as a follow-up to that, Phil, these finals kind of a defining moment in that regard for a, a player like Jason Tatum? It is, especially if he wins and especially if he gets a finals MVP. And as long as we've been watching him, he still is 24 years old. I believe he, he just turned 24 in March, perhaps maybe just turned 25. But he's, he's very early in his NBA career. And even though he's, he's been doing nothing in the mid-range, he's one for 11 on shots in that kind of two to four meter area where he is, he is keen to exploit. And it is, it is kind of a throwback style. He is such a high IQ player that he is still able to get other guys involved and still have the threat of sinking a shot. Celtics players are 16 of 25 when he hits them with a pass from the three-point line. So they're 16 of 25 shooting on three-pointers, 64% off a direct Jason Tatum pass. That is terrific efficiency, and that's not luck. That's him finding the right guy to shoot in the right moment, hitting them in rhythm, and getting big shots. And that's something that the greats you mentioned, the Kobe Bryant, the LeBron Jameses, the Michael Jordans, the Steph Currys, are able to do is that they make those around them greater. And Jason Tatum has that ability, even though his shot's not falling at a high rate. If it does, which it could fall today, he could catch fire any time. The guy you know, is averaging high 20s in scoring in the regular season. He's an all-NBA player. Then it's a whole other problem for Golden State because now it's another element, something else they have to stop, whereas his shot has been a little inconsistent. He's been beating teams off the pass. So 
it just shows a diversity of ways to get the win, get the result, and elevate those around you. That's kind of what superstar basketball is. And sometimes it's a very quiet domination where you're watching somebody and you're thinking, okay, well, pretty mediocre effort. And then you look up and he's got 27 points, nine assists, eight rebounds and a win. That's the LeBron James. That's what he's made a career out of doing. So uh, a lot to be decided in terms of where Jason Tatum is amongst the league's elite at this stage. He played high-level basketball in his youth days, uh, in his university days at Duke. And now, man, the lights don't get much brighter than here in the Boston Garden. And he has elevated. They love him. When he comes out of the tunnel for pregame warm-ups, it is quite a pop. It's like, uh, like a WWE Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out of the tunnel. They, they get very loud for him here in Boston. Phil, can you see the Golden State Warriors going potentially with a different mix on the court at different stages in this game? Look, they've primarily relied on their three-point shooting. Can you see them playing a little bit taller in this game? See, that's an interesting question because back in 2015, when Golden State was in their first finals under Steve Kerr, they were down 2-1 to the Cavaliers playing a road game in game four, an exact carbon copy of what's going on today, except they were going against LeBron James as well. And in that game, you know, coincidentally enough, because of you know, the country with whom I'm speaking, they pulled Andrew Bogut basically from the series. He played two and a half minutes in game four, didn't appear in games five or six, and that's when Andre Iguodala stepped up and was terrific. Steve Kerr was asked if he has a similar card up his sleeve here. and I mean, obviously he's not going to confess if, he, if he's going to make a categorical change, but reading between the lines, it, it doesn't seem like that's the plan for Golden State. Like, they're going to completely alter the minutes. It seems as though they're really going to focus on tightening things up interior defensive-wise, and perhaps maybe that's a few more minutes with some of their young guys with length and Jonathan Kaminga. But they need more out of Draymond Green, and they need the, the shooting at, that Clay Thompson had in Game 3 on this floor here in Boston. If they get those things, and they have a real recipe to win, and Steve Kerr insists that this series isn't that far from being 2-1 in Golden State's favor, Remember, they rallied and took the lead late in the third quarter of game three. Early fourth quarter, very close game. They commit four early turnovers. Boston stretches a lead to 10. And Boston just has a composure beyond its years. Very hard team to make up that 10-point margin against twice. Golden State did it once in the third quarter. They failed to in the fourth. That's what Steve Kerr is pointing to. Maybe it's a little bit of you know bait and switch, and he's trying to distract from potential lineup changes. I don't think so. I don't think he has that Igudala for Andrew Bogut swap that he had in 2015 up his sleeve. But again, if he does, we'll learn pretty early because this is the point at which in 2015 that he made the move. Phil Murphy from ESPN, really appreciate your time, mate. There's still uh, time for you to rush outside and get some pepperoni pizza and a beer or maybe some chowder up there in New England. and uh, They are serving lobster. Lobster at the media dining today in game four. The bar has been raised. For going back to San Francisco. Well, Get yourself there. Go, Phil. Just go. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Phil Murphy from ESPN Lobster in the media room. Yeah. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.